welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 65. Um, let's just kick it right off, because I'm actually pretty excited about my beer selection right here, so I'm just going to start her off. Um, a hunter might not recognize this all too much, but I've got a, I've got a Haifa Project uh, brewing beer uh, that did a collab with, uh, with Intuition. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called It's the... really funny, Cass, because when you said Hunter might not recognize this, I thought that was going to be sarcasm, that you're going to have, like, a beer that I brought you or we had together. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, I legitimately don't know that beer. But it's the Apre yeah. Hazy IPA. Um, Ooh. And the reason why I was kind of right before we kicked off the recording, I was joking about, like, oh, I wonder what hops are in here, is uh, because it is so strongly citra hopped. Like the yeah, people the hops, like their citra. Yeah, the hops hits you like, like I do not think I have had a beer before that is so. This is what hops are in here. Uh, what about Ode to Citra? <laughs> like maybe, but like I don't remember what that one tasted like. It probably tasted like citra. Probably, but like I took a sip of this yeah. and I'm like, God damn, that's a lot of citra in there. Uh, very Funny. tasty. I'm I'm a fan. Um, now. Probably not the greatest apres beer. It's a bit. What heavy. is an apres, Cass? Uh, it's where you get off the hill and you start drinking. That's apres really, is short really? for apres ski, which means after ski oh. in French. I had, interesting. I had no so, idea. Yeah, apres is the term for drinking after a day of skiing. And is there a particular type of beer that fits that bill? No, this one's just on the heavier side. So yeah, you but like we're having a lot of it. But like it's called like if someone's labeling their beer as an apare, what are they meaning with that label? It's just the name. But like it's apre, just the title yeah, of the beer. Oh, it's the title. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I'm being dumb. I I thought you were meaning like it's, it's like a Kolsch. Or it's oh like a no, no, no. Okay, no. okay. Uh, it just sounded like it would be a type of beer. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. I'm trying. I mean, now. this also makes more sense if you know that, like, the collab with Intuition is a ski and snowboard boot liner company, mm. which is kind of very niche, very yeah. niche. But they they make liners that go inside of boots. I see. I see. Yes, and they're they're known to have some of the better liners, if not just it's like the, the only liner. Yeah, I don't my. My current ski boots have this, like, cork liner in them that I like way more than the Intuition liners. But, like, for the most part, Intuition is, like, really well-known to be really good liners. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, now, I, maybe I'll make a little remark later when I actually start drinking this beer. But uh, the, other, the other beer that I had that I thought was super interesting, which, oddly enough, I don't think I'm going to like very much. Um... But I got a whiskey sour ale that Fieldhouse Brewing made as part of their, like, cocktail oh. mixer series. Uh, I like whiskey sours. I like Fieldhouse Brewing. So I got it. But I don't yeah. think I'm going to end up liking it all that much. I don't know. We'll, I'll give an update when I crack that beer. I, yeah, I don't think good. Oh, I was going to say I also am in the same boat where I, I love whiskey sours and I love Fieldhouse. But... I probably wouldn't even buy that beer because I'd be like, I'm not going to like this beer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that I would also steer clear of it unless I could get like a free sip because um, the time that I went uh, the hardest uh, with drinking far more than I should have was on like cheap, crappy, like very like sweet whiskey sours. So like I they have a bad taste in my mouth and I've never gone back to them. So 
Like, yeah, I, I don't think I'd like Wait, that. Yeah, you got whiskey sours with cheap whiskey. It's like a, it's like a bright. It was like a bright blue bottle. Like it looked like vodka. Um, you mean is, oh, is, there, is that not just oh, like bowls blue curacao? No, no, it definitely wasn't blue curacao. It's a, it sounds like it's uh like whiskey and sour mix. Oh, it could be. That. It kind of tasted like that. Yeah, it it was very it was incredibly sweet. Okay, uh, not good, but like it was a good shooter kind of thing. Because uh, a whiskey sour is a cocktail that's made with egg whites, and so like often, if you're gonna end up drinking a bunch of those, like you're not gonna have a shit bottle of whiskey for them. Right. Like if you go to a bar and order a whiskey sour, it's they probably by default give you not rail. And then you'd have to specify if you wanted rail. I see. They'd probably see. just ask you, like, is there a specific whiskey you'd like with that? Or yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to look it up to see if I can find what it- what exactly it was. But yeah, either way, not a uh, mm-hmm. bad experience for me. So wouldn't go for the the whiskey sour ale. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of sour, um, my beer today is a dead frog brewing raspberry warhead imperial sour oh is that my beer or is um, that your beer well there was one of each left in the fridge so oh, okay. at that point they're both my beers <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's a uh, it's good Cass and i bought these the other day um because they were on sale and fucking heavy percent we were debating like Oh, do we go for like the really strong one that's like eighteen dollars, but like it's gonna pack a punch? And then these were like thirteen dollars, and I looked at what percentage was, and they're nine percent. And I was like, "Oh, the thirteen dollar ones, please." <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, me the next day. Imagine that drinking decision. under ten percent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's strong and it was cheaper than the other beers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fucking sour. This is a very sweet sour beer. It tastes like exactly like like Warhead sour candy. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, I uh, would delicious. Yeah, I, I would like that. I would like that. After after we started off the night with those, and then went out to the bar. Like, I woke up the next morning being like, "Okay, I'm hungover, but this is manageable." And then I got to work, and it just got worse. Like, yeah, my hangover just happens. got progressively worse throughout the day. Which like those are those are the worst. Yeah. Usually, I wake up feeling like utter dog, and then it just doesn't get better. But I I know what I'm in for. This this was like a sucker punch. Like I yeah. like I didn't realize what I was in for when this happened. You seem to like think yeah. you got away with one more than a normal person, Cass. Yeah, because I wake up like quite often. You think that you got away with one, and then it hits you later, and you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck, this is worse." Yeah. But then you think yeah. at this point you'd realize, "No, I didn't get away with one." <laughs> but like every now, once Cass, in a while, I do get away with one. Cass, do you keep a uh, a bottle of Pedialyte in your fridge? No, because if not, you should start doing that. Okay, on the way home, um, on the way home, we we got to the gas station, and Tony yeah. and I got a bag of chips, uh, and then Tony also got a Gatorade. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I was thinking about it because he he went up to the counter before me, and I was like, eh, like, what do I want a Gatorade for? That's just gonna be really sweet. I don't need all that sugar right now. And then I woke up the next morning just being like, son of a bitch. Tony was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I should. Like, and Pedialyte is like, Pedialyte is like Gatorade on steroids when it comes to like the electrolytes and the anti hangover. So like, if if you're having a bad night, you drink half of it, 
like as you're going to bed or as mm-hmm. much as you can and then you drink the rest in the morning goes a long way that's a big bottle the bottle of pedialyte well yeah i was i was saying that i realized that i like pedialyte and drink more water than the average person so you could probably have those quantities but that's what i would do that yeah. and uh i i think i might rather just great straight salt into my mouth you hate Pedialyte that much? <laughs> Dude, it's so refreshing. That's what it tastes like when I'm drinking Pedialyte. It's like grape-flavored salt. Mm. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I'm maybe, not a fan Maybe you have some positive associations with it from playing football because we had something that was similar. It I'm wasn't not a fan of, uh, of grape-flavoring stuff. But, uh, yeah, neither am I. Like, artificial grape, grape sucks. Oh, yeah. oh, there's other flavors? Yeah. I, oh, I absolutely. Thought was, oh, I thought there was flavors. just Pedialyte, and that was, like, what Chase was no. associating the flavor with. What is this, the 60s, when you have, like, one flavor of medical stuff? Well, I, I got to work, and, like, usually at work, we have a bunch of, like, emergencies lying around. Because, um, you know, people often show up to the golf course hungover as fuck. Um, yeah. And so they'll, like, we usually have, like, we, we keep, like, a ton of Tums on hand. We've got a bunch of uh, emergencies and then, like, Gatorade and stuff like that. Well, they ran out of the emergencies, like, the day that I needed it. So I go up and I'm like asking around the uh, the restaurant, just like, hey, like, I could really use some emergencies. Are there any of them? And this was like a somewhat overcast day. And I was wearing like some yeah. really dark shades because the light was just making my headaches so much worse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everybody's just like, dude, I can see that you clearly need it. But no, unfortunately, we just ran out. Oh, no. Tragic. Um, During that by conversation, the way, this Hunter is a very had to go get it. Pedialyte. Yeah, yes. Yo, to the berry is not great. And honestly, I dude, I like Pedialyte. That's so much like holding it in my hands. I'm having a hard time not opening it and drinking it just because I, <laughs> I enjoy drinking them. You also like other flavors of Monster that aren't the default one. Yes. Like yes. Yeah. Like yeah. in general, like I don't like Monster to begin with. But if I have to have a Monster, default. Yeah, that is a weird take. That's like, like no, saying, no, I don't that's like the same Fords. Take as me. Well, it's like I don't like Fords. Well, I use Honda. I don't like Hondas, but like you know, if you like Honda, the only one you're allowed to like is the Honda Insight, the cheapest one, <laughs> like the most basic Honda there is. No, 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 no. That's like that'd saying, be like oh, a Civic. Know, that'd be like, oh, I don't want. No, a Insight. Ford. It's it's the lowest tier one. No, no, Hunter. That's like yeah. me being like, oh, I don't really want a Ford, but like, if mm. someone was just gonna give me a Ford, like, I'd rather it be the GT. No, but the, like the the whole point is the GT is the evolution. It's the top end of the uh, yeah. The default one of, is the top end of the monster. No, just like it. No, no it I isn't. Would... Like it, it's the one that came first, and then they've innovated past that. Now you could disagree with the innovation, but the basic monster is the basic bitch. Well, that's like saying okay, same with the Ford, but I think the F one fifty is a better. You're like I'd rather have an F one fifty, and you're like, but what about the F two fifty, the F three fifty? And you're like, nah, that's I think much the better. F one fifty is for me. Yes, that that is a much better analogy. Except the the yeah, but also know, like anyway. I take a raptor. Right, exactly. That's the thing. You're not <laughs> really yeah. to explore the raptor of okay. monster. You're right. The, in this yeah. analogy, the raptor would be like berry blast flavored monster, and that sounds terrible. To me, <laughs> yeah, so. no, well, but here's here's the pro tip, Cass, and this is I'm going to steer you in the right direction. Well, I think the best and most similar to original oh. monster flavors are the ones where they half the sugar. And put in some artificial sweetener, which is better for the energy as well as the, you know, not... Uh, and worse for your health. Case. Yes. 
well, depending on what you think about artificial sweeteners, and then they change the flavor somewhat. Like for example, the one that the one that I drink instead of the basic one is low carb, which tastes almost identical to the basic one. It just says half the sugar, and then there's like watermelon and pineapple and like yeah. a foreign one that's a little like has a little twang to it. Like no. that's where you should look. The the ones that the no. black cans austere towards the black cans. Wait, so is there a debate on artificial sweeteners? I know this is so off topic, but like <laughs> this is very off topic, I, but I, I love it. I was just un- under the impression that diet soda is a complete scam because they're saying like, like zero sugar shit like that is actually worse for you than just having the sugar in there. Well, but, I think it depends uh, on what you're... Because it has no sugar. I think well, it depends what it, what on what it, you're looking for. Yeah, what, what it boils down to is that like having too much sugar has a very quantifiable effect. Which is that you know you have excess calories that your body converts that burn quickly and your body converts to fat, but like having artificial sweeteners is a much more constantly debated topic. It's like you know when they're applied theoretically they do nothing to you health wise, but like when applied to like lab rats, you look at like what symptoms are developing, how often do they develop, how to what extent do rats compare to humans. It's like there's one artificial sweetener in particular that's used to be a coffee sweetener, sweet and low, whatever that is. I don't yeah. remember what the active part of sweet and low is, but anyway, that one is like the most like sketchy, like, yeah, this seems like there are some times when it screws the mice up and that would affect humans as well. So it's like theoretic it's it's like theoretically it should ha- it should be a like health neutral thing, but you know, who knows. But like I like it because like whatever, I don't care if there's a little bit of risk involved and it's less and not having because like the original monster is like almost 300 calories uh in like the can which is a lot of sugar. And, and even aside from the health, like that means there's much more of a spike of energy and then a crash like an hour later. Whereas with less sugar, the energy is more consistent over the three hour period where the caffeine is active. So this is a really big tangent, but I will talk about monster as much as you want me to. I, I was thinking that you, you adhere to the, uh, the vape logic. Yeah. Okay. Of, at least it's not the known evil. Yes, yes, there you go. <laughs> there are two things that I use this logic for. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, sure. Hunter, what are you drinking today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, am putting aside some of the beers I'm excited about that I brought back from Vancouver because I want to, you know, delay that as much as possible. Um, I am instead having the Tasty Taste by Pariah. Now, normally, I am happy to drink beers out of the can, unlike Cass, who needs to pour them out into something. I'm currently but drinking this one, one out of the can. You almost always pour them I out into the I prefer it poured out, yeah, into a glass. Yeah, okay, so I overstated just very <laughs> slightly there. Anyway, Speaking of, I might me... pour this out right now into a glass. <laughs> Good correction, then. Thank you. That was valuable. Uh, but this one, for me, I oddly felt like, I, I felt like it was really metallic tasting from the can. Um, which normally I don't get that feeling and, uh, pouring it out is a lot better. This is maybe one of the most like mild and underwhelming galaxy IPAs I've ever had. It just has like some slight citrus notes. Um, they say notes of ripe pineapple, tangerine sorbet and earthy citrus and it's galaxy is the hop. So like, it sounds like something I would love, but instead I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's refreshing and nice. It's just all right. Okay, that's un- unfortunate because galaxy typically means like you know, fuck, I'm gonna like that. So galaxy exactly, also means yeah. like fuck your wallet's gonna not like this. It, probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so some Valorant stuff. Uh, there was recently some patch notes that, that came out. Recently is in like, is, this is like a week ago, two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, but we didn't get around to talk. Uh, I think it came out kind of like right after we did our in-person pod, give or take. Yeah. So yeah. like it was in the middle of us not playing Valorant for a week. Yeah, exactly. Here, so. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see whether you guys have noticed these changes in game, and then more importantly, I'm just gonna go out and start with this. I don't think this is gonna change the pick rates for ranked in the slightest. Oh, for raise and killjoy. Yeah, raise maybe and pro play. Um, <laughs> yeah, you like jumped ahead of saying even what was changed. Right. Well, I was just like, that's like my final take on the whole thing, just as an overarching scheme. Uh, but let's let's start with Killjoy here. Uh, so basically, Riot's coming out and saying that like with Chambers' recent balance, <laughs> balance. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the increased reliability of Killjoy's lockdown alt. She has recently sprung up as a premier sentinel agent in the game. Um. She definitely has all the Sentinel pick rate right now. Yes. Uh, like I would say five, she did in, cha- in NA Challengers, but she, I feel like that pick rate has dropped a good bit in locking. I see a lot more Cypher picks. Uh, there's chamber been a, picks versus there's been a couple yeah. Cypher picks. There's been a couple Chamber picks. I'm curious with regards to the Chamber pick, how much of that is a comfort thing versus a we actually think this is the Sentinel we want on this map, um, which unfortunately only time will tell. Or yeah. maybe if you could get one of the guys up on the phone, if you've got their number, you could ask them. Um, but like, I, I, I'm i not so confident that like, it's, hey, we really want the chamber on this map versus it being, well, you're comfortable on chamber and it makes the roles work. Yeah, but I, yeah. I get that. I, I mean, I, I could see it for sure. That makes, like, a lot of sense, especially for the chambers we saw in Lotus, where it's like, hey, let's learn the map. I don't really feel like learning another agent to go with it. I'm going to comfort pick, so at least there's something comfortable about this new map. Yeah, I, I haven't caught any of those games. I know the chamber's been played somewhat on that map. Um, Where does the alarm bot go? Fuck, I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. Although there was definitely somewhere I'm like, yeah. oh, Cash should pay attention to this because it's going off right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, I, yep, yep. I did not in like right when Lotus came out. I was that was before I made the transition over to Jet full time. Um, and so I played a fair amount of Chamber, and I just remember being like, "Fuck, I am never in range of my trademark ever." It's like anywhere that I want to put it the complimentary place to be playing in is out of range. And it's not useful for covering flank because then I have to be so fucking far back from the rest of my team that it's unlikely I'm going to be able to trade anybody out. But like, I, I was just kind of useful post plant when we're talking, like if you're thinking like C site post plant, there's so many entrances or like you know, ways around in that site that it's yeah. useful to know, like to be able to like just trip part of that. Oh, so and then not... anywhere else on site, you're going to be um, at least able to, uh, you know, 
play off of it that you're going to be in range right. i don't know if that's actually how it was used this is just coming into my mind right now it could have also been used you know if someone's playing um same site like up by mound if the chamber is playing post plant from there then it could be watching their flank so yeah i just think that like currently chamber is incredibly selfish as an agent like i would put him up there with reyna hey that's what i would say in person baby um chamber and reyna Best buddies. Okay, but so speaking about what they actually did with Killjoy, uh, the turret E health has been decreased from 125 to 100. Uh, I think that's mostly for pistol rounds. Yeah, just yeah like, it's, it's also one less OP. I mean, I will say specifically, I'm sure you thought of this cast, but this does make it significantly less annoying for a marshal to just destroy. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And like they, they put a little. You know, what's the... They put a little bullet point underneath it saying um, it should allow for opponents to have an easier time destroying it, particularly with weaker weapons. Um, and so I think the idea is that it's just less oppressive. Somebody did the math on all the ranges that, like, it makes a difference versus it doesn't make a difference for the different weapons. But general rule of thumb is with pistols you need one less shot to break it on average. Um, and then obviously the marshal can now just one shot it. Uh, so that's, I don't know. That's probably a, you know, I think that's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think all, all of these are like, it's nice, but it doesn't really change much about the agent, which yeah. is, I think a good nerf in a way. Mm, I don't, I, I think part of the problem. And then like, uh, b- before we get to the next one, um, I, I don't know. I just think part of the problem is that's not... I I think Killjoy's currently getting the early onset of the, the jet chamber nerfs just without the elephant in the room. Like, jet and chamber obviously had the elephant in the room being, you need to touch their E. And instead they just tried to nerf all the other stuff. I feel like this is one of those things. It's like, you just nerf the turret, but that's not actually going to change whether people want to play Killjoy or not. Like, sure, it has a bit less health, but, like, that's not going to be the deciding factor on whether or not you're going to place a turret here, or whether or not you're going to play Killjoy in the first place. Yes, it was very difficult for me to let you finish that, because of how much I wanted to interrupt you and say that I think that is a god-awful take, that, uh... I, I don't think that Killjoy is a problem when it comes to the meta because she she was the she wasn't like an eighty percent pick rate like Chamber was she was like a sixty percent pick rate when we last looked or or whatever it was that and and that's as people are getting used to Cipher being better Chamber is a little weak as stated and Sage it seems like Riot still figuring out what they're trying to do with her. And it seems like the next agent added to the game will likely be a Sentinel as well, just based on number of people in each role. So I, I don't think we're approaching anything similar to a Jet or Chamber thing with Killjoy, just because I think she her lead is smaller than it would seem. And just by increasing the other ones, she'll very easily be in a good spot. I think very little else is needed to deal with Killjoy. If anything. Okay. Oh, yeah. One of the other things, though, is, like, in, in regards to Killjoy is 
I feel like Killjoy is artificially dragging up the Sova pick rate, which is mostly harming Fade. Yes, yes. I, I would. Um, I, I we've talked about this, and I'm not sure how much I agree, but I think it's certainly possible. Okay, but the the logic makes sense. The the, the next point that we that's on here is uh, her lockdown now just cost an extra alt point. Makes sense compared to Hunter's original thoughts on it, but yeah, yeah. do what okay, thoughts? Yeah, okay, well, you explain that first. Oh, okay. Well, you were just saying that like you thought Riot was being inconsistent when they increased all site wide alts to be eight points, and then you're like, oh, why didn't they change? Oh, yeah, that's really. Alt? That was a really old point of mine, like yeah. way back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I personally don't have any issue with that just because, you know, before it was just destructible by everything, and now it takes a lot more work to destroy. And it is a really good ult when you don't destroy it. So, yeah, I have no issue with that. Good to be good to be consistent. Yeah, but also, like, is every ult just going to end up being eight now? Fucking every, like, it went from, like, one, one ult, two ults being eight points, to now it's, like, six Hey, it's inflation, baby. The best ults yeah. are going to be nine. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I, when are they going to bring one to nine? That's the real question. I don't know if they will bring end up bringing one to nine. Eight's already like <laughs> you're having a bad round and just dying every time you don't get your your first ult online till round ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I, I I do think the game needs more like six cost alts, like alts that aren't like crazy powerful necessarily but you can effectively you can effectively farm orbs for them and get them out three maybe even four times around yeah i think Uh, a good example of that is why is yoru alt seven alt points it is really not strong enough to not be six especially by comparison to phoenix alt phoenix alt is way better than yoru alt and is six Um, right yes and is six phoenix alt is six that's one that i don't know why they haven't got around to changing that yeah, I could, I could see them reducing your result to to be six. Um, okay, but at any rate, I I think the only difference that the the alt costing eight instead of seven is going to make is that it's going to be like you're not gonna often see like round three or four killjoy alts. I think that's the only difference. Yeah, like I I don't think it's I don't think it going up from seven to eight is going to change the number of alts you're going to be able to get per round per half yeah sorry per half um if you can get multiple killjoy alts in a round i'd be very fucking impressed it's the only only possible on fracture with the weirdest circumstances uh no technically possible on oh lotus as well lotus wait can it be possible on a two okay well yeah you have alts you you drop alt you get both orbs. Lotus you kill three four orbs. people. You're at six. Sage reses. You're, you're resed. That's seven. You die. And Wait, then like, yes, you get rest. Yeah. It, or you. Well, I was just thinking. I, I was thinking much more simply. On Lotus, you use all, get all three alt orbs. You get four kills, and then you plant spike, and now you have another alt. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, on but two, you were saying on a two orb on a, on a two uh, orb map. Two orb oh, map. Oh, 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 it, see, it, it, it can, can be done. It? Yeah, you need the sage res on a <laughs> yeah. two orb map. Yeah, right. This is this is the hard hitting Valorant analysis. <laughs> <You need laughs> yeah, yes. Is there How a small fraction of a tip? How if, do we get two yes. killjoy ults on every map? 
anybody yeah, has I'll, a I'll clip. say this right now. I'm going to put this out there. I will. I was going to say Venmo, but I'm banned. I will PayPal you $10 if you uh, post a video in the Discord of an enemy Killjoy. So you can't set this up yourself. If an enemy Killjoy ults twice in a round and you get video footage of it, that's 10 bucks in your pocket right there. Even if it's on Fracture? Mm-hmm. It's still so incredibly unlikely that the Killjoy is going to farm all of the orbs I was, I, I and get was, a bunch of kills and reult. I was going to put up a bounty yeah. and say, you could do it yourself, just can't be on Fracture. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I was going to say 10 bucks if you, can, uh, if you can put up a clip in like a non-10-man custom game of you doing yeah. it. All right. Like, if it looks legit and you get two Killjoy alts in, in one round, I, I got 10 bucks up for it. <laughs> I'm assuming you mean on main, right? Yeah, presumably. Okay, okay. Because you mean, wouldn't want to like, have, that's... like, an immortal in our uh, thing be, like, have an iron smurf and then just farm kills and orbs and do it. Because that'd be pretty easy. It'd still be kind of hard, but but yeah. Um, okay, so on okay. main for Cass. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think... I don't think that's going to do too much. Like, well, actually, you mentioned the way you broke it down, Cass, was helpful because you said rounds three or four, and I think that is really significant because what is what happens in round three? Oftentimes, a bonus, and you know, if you're the team that's bonusing, having a Killjoy alt to help you win that round and break the econ of the other team. Especially if you look at coordinated play. Oh, that's when, huge, yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually really significant. So if you can't have the Killjoy ult for that round because of this change, that actually is a pretty significant change. I, I was thinking more along the lines of, like, pick rate. I don't think anyone's going to not... I don't think there's ever a scenario in which you, like, don't take Killjoy because of either of these changes. I think if you're playing I would Killjoy, tend to agree. I, would I think tend if to you're agree. playing Killjoy before, you're going to keep playing her. If you weren't playing her before, well, obviously it's not like she got any better, so... Um, yeah, like, if if all they're trying to do is just say, hey, we... These are just balances. Yeah, we it's like It's just her... like, hey, we want her to be a little bit less strong in these certain scenarios, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. If you're, like, 50-50 between Killjoy and Cypher, maybe if you were perfectly on the fence, this pushes you over. But, like, I think it's not going to affect the vast right. majority of people. Um... If you were only buying Killjoy for, uh, or, like, playing Killjoy for her pistol round value with the turret... Yeah. Which still is high. You still have high value. Yes. But... Yes. Okay. Um, the next one here, and I think this is more impactful, specifically for pro play, um, is, is rates. Yes. So they decreased her boombot duration from 10 to 5 seconds. Which is fucking I have thoughts. Yeah. First of all, point one, thank God, I hate raised boombots more than anything else in the game. Uh, part two, I'm sure you like this cast because this will push Jet ahead of Raze in the meta. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, fuck Raze. Yeah. But like, and also not like literally, but like, you know, metaphorically. Um, yeah. That seems brutal. Also, 7.5, the... I can yeah. see. Five, like, yeah, cutting it in half. Now, Hunter brought well, up a really yeah, good yeah. point about this, which I'll let him explain. But I was, I was like, you know, like, oh yeah, that makes a ton of sense when he when he brought that up when we, when this first came out and we were talking about it. Um, do you remember that what that was, Hunter, about just being a duelist? 
Honestly, I don't really, so go ahead. <laughs> oh, he was just saying, you know, like, it, it plays more into, like, the duelist category of abilities. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, before you can use that to clear so many angles that, is that really a duelist ability? Um, When you're not doing it with yourself. But this is then saying, okay, well, you can use the boom bop to clear a angle and then peek yeah. that yourself or take that space. But you're not using it to clear an entire side of the map. Man, I'm impressed that I said that. That sounds really good. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I fully agree with that. So yeah, I yeah. I think the map that it was most impactful on is now out of the queue, so it makes less of a big bind? deal. Yeah, bind. You could clear all of fucking hookah from barrier drop with it. Yeah. Um That's now out of the queue, so like less relevant. And again. I don't think this is, in ranked, going to stop anyone's decision from playing raids. But I think this is really yeah. good for pro play. Definitely is a much bigger factor in pro play because you're considering the amount of utility that, or like amount of space cleared with that boom bot in 10 seconds just cuts yeah. in half, right? Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the along the line, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you, you, you say your point. Yeah, I was going to say that along the lines of what Chase was saying from what I said earlier is that I feel like the way that the raise boom bot should go is you throw it into a space that you're about to take or you're considering taking so that now the person has one more thing to deal with while you're while you're dueling them or considering dueling them um, that is potentially extremely damaging if they don't deal with it. It's not supposed to be like you guys were saying, oh, let me just yeet it and see if it finds someone in hookah while I'm, you know, halfway across the map. Because that's a much more initiator kind of thing. So yeah, I, I just was kind of thinking that through as you were mentioning that example. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, before I get to my actual point, I was going to say, like, now I hate myself for saying this. Maybe they could up the damage a bit on it to compensate. Oh, I hate you for saying oh, that. Well. Yeah, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. I hate myself why for would, saying this, but like... Why would they up the why? damage on a raised boom bot? It already kills you. It does not kill you. Well, I mean, it kills me because uh, I'm, not, <laughs> yes. I'm not already full health. health you know, <laughs> okay. But like, yeah. I was like, like, it doesn't kill. Well, how much damage does it do, Max? It. Uh, I, I had know. to look it up because I wasn't sure. Uh, okay, it does 30 to 80 damage. Yeah. That's not a ton oh, of damage. Oh, yeah, that kills me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you me. can, yeah. like, I don't know, there, there are a number of times that, like, specifically with an op, I've tanked it. I, I, well, I think perhaps yeah. they should make it slightly less tankable to compensate for the fact that you clear so many fewer angles, but also fuck raise, so, like, don't bother doing that. The, the, um, the single thing that I hate most about the boom bot is the fact that the minute it jumps up, you can no longer shoot it, despite the fact that it hangs in the air before blowing up and also has a really big radius. So there are plenty of times I'll think I've shot it, continue to shoot it while it's invincible, while backing away and it still does damage, which is a terrible feeling. And that's why I hate it so much, because it's very, it's very unclear to me until it goes off or doesn't if I've shot it in time. And then once it goes off, you're just like... Really, this again? So I, I don't think I don't think it's bad. You know, I don't think it's a bad ability in principle. I just like it being situational rather than really good. It's very frustrating. I hate it. 
I know. I I will say with the decrease in time, like there are quite a few times where I'm hiding in a ratty angle, and I think the boom mouth's gonna expire before it finds me. But like, but then, yep, it, but then it finds you. Yeah. Um, yep. I think that's like like that's just gonna be so much less possible now. It's like I think now you're gonna be in a scenario where like you're like ah fuck, I'm gonna get caught by this, or. It's like, okay, I'm good. I'm clear. Like, I don't think you're very often going to be in a situation where you're like, really? That fucking caught me still? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's good. It's, you know, Raze has to be clearing with her Boombot. Her Boombot is helping her clear rather than doing all the clearing itself. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Good change. I still think... Way to go, devs. I think 50% is fucking brutal, but... Sure. It's brutal, but you still see Rays being picked a lot, and certainly more than Phoenix, Yoru, Arena. Oh, dude, so, no, 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 don't don't get me wrong. I'm all up for like, dude. You can yeah. fucking nerf the tits out of Rays. Like, I don't want to see Rays in my games. I don't want to see Rays in pro play. I, I think know, she's I fucking know. Boring. Um, I'm fine with any nerfs that you give to Rays. Like, I'm all on board. Yeah. I just like I feel for some of the Rays players who you know, oh, a bunch of lineups that don't work. Yeah. Yeah, Boombot lineups. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you have nade lineups, fuck you. I hate that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I feel like there really aren't a ton of raised nade lineups for the simple reason that they explode after a set time. Well, there's there's like... Uh, there's all barrier drop. There's a couple of them to just stop you from peeking areas. Or just it, get it, combo but those, kills. Like yeah, those aren't... lineups. Yeah, combo lineups are much more of a thing. But like... My point is that because they explode in the air after a certain amount of time, you really can't do the thing that you do with any other lineup where you count on it traveling in the air for a while. Yeah. So it really limits your options for lineups. Not that there are none. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I know this race. Like a Phoenix like... Molly lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I was playing a game where like, I was trying to peak tiles with an off. Um, and then, yeah, so... When I was on attack and I was trying to peek tiles, there'd be this raise nade that like explodes above tiles and just like rains down and like it it doesn't kill. It just does a considerable amount of chip damage. But like it kinda stops you from peeking tiles off barrier drop every round. And then you have to be yeah. worried about um the right side of tree, whatever that cubby is. Like someone can be there now. And you don't know if they got there unless you're gonna tank that damage. Uh, and then on the opposite end, when I was playing on defense, she, now I think this is a complete waste, but she needed tree like every round off barrier drop. Is that a fair trade to get rid of a raise nade? I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd, I'd take that deal. Um, but it's also still is, it's like eh, a little annoying. It's like sometimes I want to peek tree, but there's a fucking raise nade yeah. in my face. Um, yeah, I, I will say this, Cass. If if uh, Jet was out of the picture entirely, and we were just saying Rays versus the other duelists, mm-hmm. I would really support heavily nerfing the damage. I'm talking like having the damage of her nade. Um, just because, like we've said, it's frustrating to see how big it is. I think it shouldn't kill as easily as it does. And that would, do a long, that would go a long way towards bringing the other duelists back into contention. But because Jet is there as well... Really, it would just overwhelm the pick rate with Jet at the pro level. So I don't, I don't think they should do that. But if Jet 
eyes. <laughs> that, I'll, that I'll go back I, to. I, I think I've said this since like the yeah. early onsets of our podcast. But the only thing that I want them to change about Raisinade is just give it a fucking visual indicator. I feel like that's tough to do when you got four is. little things. Just have a I little... Feel, yeah. Okay, you know when like... You know when the KO knife comes out and it hasn't quite pinged yet, but like it's letting you know that it's going to ping? Yeah. Or like the chamber circle you can see on the ground? Just give all your mini paint shells one of those. Yeah, I feel so like I the issue know is if that... I'm in the fucking circle or not. I feel like it's going to be visually very loud if you have four of these circles bouncing around with the little mini paint shells. It's going to be difficult to understand what's going on. Raisinade is already a jet smoke. Yeah. What? Raisinade it's already a fucking oh, smoke. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't see shit yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. Right. You might as well just let me know if I'm going to die or not while I also can't see a fucking thing. Yeah. I, or you could make it so that the max damage, if you tank the initial nade and all of the paint shells, is like 150 exactly. So that if, if even one of the paint shells doesn't hit you, you know you're fine. No, 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 because don't. I, I'm saying they shouldn't nerf the damage. The damage is fine. It's not. It the really isn't. Is no, the damage is too much. It's the not. The damage is too much. Dude, I'm yeah. the one that hates fucking AoE, and like you guys are yeah. arguing that the damage is too much. The yes. damage is too much. Well, because here's the thing. I. Here's the thing. I try to separate my frustration with certain aspects of the game from my opinions on what should be changed. And these two overlap because Raze is one of two duelists who are regularly picked for pro play at this point, which are Jed and Raze. And she also is very predominantly picked in ranked as well. This isn't some sort of like Astra situation where Astra is more in pro than in ranked, but a uh, good bit in pro back when Astra was better. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I think if not, in can't happen now, but uh, I think the paint shells are too good. Paint shells are fine. I just want to know whether I'm gonna die or not. Like, and obviously, there are times currently when, like, you see the raisinade coming at you and you're stuck in a cubby and you know you're fucked, right? And then having the visual indicators doesn't matter, true. Um, but there are a bunch of times where I think I'm okay. Like, that, that, that's the biggest problem I have with Raisinade. Is, like, I like it as an ability that says, Hey, you can't be here. And if you are, too bad. Right? I, I think the ability does a really good job of doing that exact thing. What I don't like is just me not knowing whether I need to evacuate or not. Like, a okay. Raisinade lands, and I think I'm safe, and so I don't... And obviously I play Chamber and Jet, so I somewhat have the ability to fuck off. Um, and I don't because I think I'm totally fine. I think I'm so far out of this radius that I'm going to live. And then I don't. Okay, a, a better variation in the game of this ability is Breach Aftershock. Very easy visual indicator. That is true. Where it's going to damage. It is a fuck you, you can't be here piece of utility. And if you stay in it, you're fucking dead. Uh, but significantly smaller radius. Yeah, if anything, if, yeah, no, I, I, I think it would be silly to suggest breach uh, aftershock nerfs. And if you couldn't combo it with anything else, I would suggest buffs to the damage. 
for Breach Aftershock. Well, yeah, what? because for a minute I was going to say maybe they could even increase the damage, but then I thought, well, you have a Sage Slow, you have a Fade Seize, then it could become really toxic. Well, also, so, so that's why I backed off from saying... Aftershock is pretty fucking... Right, bad. right. Yeah, <laughs> right. My, my point was that... Uh, I was agreeing with you to say that that's a very well-balanced ability. It's good, yes. but it's very easy to understand what's going on and what damage you're going to take. Exactly. You can realize, oh, I'm fucked here. Or, like, hey, I need to evacuate, but, you know, it still does a lot of damage. I know. I, I think, and, okay, did any of you guys see the controversy over, like, the breach bug, supposedly, that showed up in the walked-in game? No. What, oh, what yeah, that's the... true. I, I did okay. see a little bit about that. So, yeah. basically, what happens, and Chase, I'm sure you're the most familiar out of the three of us with this, because you actually play Breach. But I feel like you... I might have heard about this, but okay. I, I don't remember well, When entirely. you pull out your Aftershock, and you're going to fire it through an angle, it shows you a rectangle on your mini-map, in which it's going to do damage to. Yes. Right? Now, what happened was, on a main ascent by Orb, Breach aftershocked the orb but the angle that he chose the visual indicator of the rectangle that's going to do damage left a small gap right in the very fucking corner of that cubby okay and so the aftershock is going off in your face visually for the player who was there and they just took no damage because technically they were outside of that rectangle yeah um and then the team obviously assumed that no one could be there. And then died to the person who was there. I don't see like, how this is a glitch. No, it's not. It was like or multiple people have come okay. out and said this is an intended mechanic. The breach player should know. It's visually indicated on the minimap what your aftershock is covering and what it is not covering. It just like on the broadcast, it looked like someone was standing in the middle of this breach aftershock and just took no damage. Mm, okay like well basically it sounds like one the breach just slightly missed their aftershock yes because you know it even like the yeah. minimap is so compressed that it's hard to determine how much space is actually in that little corner right so you might see a small sliver and be like oh well you know half of their body is still going to be within that rectangle but turns out that half of their body was not in that rectangle there was enough space in that corner for them to fully hide there Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cass, I'm really surprised you used that example because that was not the example that was more controversial. Oh, was it not? No, what? yeah, the controversial one was it was a late, I don't remember what game it was, but it was on split. Um, the attackers planted uh, default on split, so in the corner by the box on B site, just to be clear, I didn't say the site yet, so B site default mm-hmm. yeah, by the box and pillar. Um, and the uh, attacking team breach knew someone was on spike, chucked their aftershock out. And I can't, I I don't think that the person diffusing saw like the red outline around the the red circle indicating they're going to be hit. But I don't know for sure. Either way, basically it looked really weird that the breach aftershock wasn't hitting. It's, it seemed like, it seemed like it really should. Uh, Chase, is there like a small area after the wall where you shoot the aftershock where someone doesn't take damage? Like, that no, it, it, I believe it goes directly after the wall. 
Yeah, so I would have to look at it again. It, but that it, one was no, the one that more people it, were like, it, "What's it going depends. on?" Because the guy was able to full stick and not take damage. It, oh, it, it does. It angle. can be an angle. It depends it on the angle that, yeah. you, that you fire it off at. Yeah, because it's a rectangle. Yeah. If you if you're firing it through an angle and there is an angled wall on the other side, there could be like an angular, like a triangle region right after the wall, which doesn't take damage. So that's presumably what happened, and like, yeah, uh, I think it's Sliggy. He's somebody who does, um, like more in-depth commentary than like the commentators do on on Valorant games. Um, was going into like a custom game and showing examples of this, and he's like, "This is by no means a bug. This is just a feature of how, how Greeks aftershock works. Like that's just how it works." Yeah, and you have like, to be straight on to the to that angle. Yeah, right? and like if you're if you're a professional player and you play breach, you should be aware of this and you should know, hey, if I fire it at this angle, someone might be able to hide in this cubby and not get caught. Um Oh. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember how we got there. But there were a couple other changes. Um Okay, Sky Seekers now travel through the crouch only connector on Pearl. Oh yeah. So Sky nice Seekers do what? Travel through the crouch only connector on Pearl. Oh, I, I hadn't seen that part of the patch notes. Nice, okay. Nice quality quality of life change. That's probably like they how should, it should probably. work in the first place. Yeah. A prowler can get under there, right? Um I don't know. I think if the prowler is latched on to you via you know, the alt. Can you guide your prowler through there? That's I, really I don't know. Um, or, or if it's latched, yeah. Like I think if it's latched, it goes through. I don't know if it's not latched. But again, I could be wrong on either front. I'm talking out of my ass right now. Uh, yeah, that's the... That's the Sky Seeker change. I think that's a good change. Um, and then... They also adjusted Sage, Neon, Jet, and Yoru's hair heights to fit within our standard vertical range. Oh, yeah, I saw, oh, so I saw that in the patch notes. Pick up. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't taken a look at how the character models differ after that. The, the character models, their hair just goes more back than up. Like, Sage now has a lower ponytail instead of a high ponytail. Um, I didn't know this was an issue with Jet, I know that Neon's twin, what are they called? Pigtails? Puffy, yeah. kind of, whatever like, things, yeah. I don't like, know what the actual technical term is for him. Yeah, there's probably a term, I don't know. There is definitely a yeah. term for him, I don't know what it is. Okay, either way, they um, they stuck out of a couple angles. Um, I've never seen this in-game, and that might just be because, you know, nobody fucking plays Yoru. Uh, but apparently his hair was tall enough or spiky enough to stand out on a couple of angles that, like, other agents could hide behind. This is the one change needed to make Yoru meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, his hair height. Yeah, that one box on one site. Uh, yep. I, that's that's what was holding me maker. back. I would have yeah. easily hit Diamond during my climb yeah. if not for that. It's a good change. The only one I've noticed in-game has been Sage. Like, I've seen Sage's ponytail sticking out and been like, more specifically, when I'm at an elevated angle, and she's somewhere behind her wall, and I just get the angle right that I see her ponytail sticking out. That's, like, the time that I've run into it the most, but, like, good change in general. 
Yeah. I mean, is there anything else in the patch notes? Kind of seems like a mediocre patch. Yeah, but things were done. Which, which were tends done, to be but... true during major tournaments. They don't tend yeah. to change a lot during yeah. major tournaments. Because it's not like the people in the tournament are going to be playing on, on this patch at all. Right. Yeah. And they just, they just don't want to confuse people, I think, is the main thing. Um, Which, like, in general, feel like good changes. I feel yeah. like this is a, a solid a solid patch. And, like, I kind of appreciate getting... Obviously, I, I, I like the big patch every once in a while. But, like, I think getting a couple smaller little things like this is nice compared to getting four or five patches of dick-all irrelevant stuff and then just getting slammed. With, like, all the changes? I mean, I think it makes sense because you want to be able to play the game for a significant amount of time and, like, it be consistent. You know, like, if you're going to pick up and, like, main a character and then slowly they get nerfed over four or five patches, you're going to be like, well, what the fuck? I just picked this person up. So it'd be nice to, like, have that period of time where you can expect your character or your map or whatever to be consistent. Um which is why they tend to load all of the significant changes into like a couple of patches or like one big patch. Um, but I see what you mean that like, it's nice to have just like a couple of changes here and there. Um, so it's not a nothing patch because nothing patches also are just kind of lame to look at. Yeah. It's certainly not exciting when you open the patch notes and the changes are that minor. Yeah. Well, anybody have any closing thoughts on uh, on these patch notes here? I think those were them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind yeah. of where the closing notes. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't have too much planned for this episode. Ah, shit. I, I have a couple. I have a couple <laughs> yeah. minor topics here. Good, good, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm already fucking exhausted, so I'm fine with it being a shorter guy, but, you know, who knows? This this could take us for a two-hour tangent right now, and that's all right, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I have two topics that I think are going to be pretty quick and one that might be quick, but I could see a little little bit more debate about. So let's launch right into them. First of all, uh, watching the VCT lock-in tournament, one thing that has very much warmed my heart uh, has been seeing that, surprisingly, even though he really wasn't a factor at all in Challengers, Harbor is starting to become a respectable niche controller pick. And that's particularly on Icebox and Pearl, which I am very happy to see that my take of Harbor being good on Icebox is being agreed with by the pros. And they even more so seem to think that he's good on Pearl. In fact, the uh, Loud versus um, NRG game today, I believe I'm getting that correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, the, both teams ran Viper Harbor on Pearl which I thought was really interesting because what we had said on the podcast is that Harbor needs to be able to replace Viper on maps for him to be viable. And the fact that they're running both of them is something we certainly hadn't considered um, and shows teams willingness to give up dome smokes and run double wall controllers, which is really cool and different. Are they running duelists? I, yes, but I believe both teams play the jet. Yes, oh. let me, uh, I'm going to... Actually, no, one team played Jet, one team played Raze, I think. But also, okay, so they're running... Are they going I'm, to I'm going to pull up the stat, I'm going to pull okay. up the full comp right now while we're talking. I would like to say 
I'm pretty sure I talked in one of the podcast episodes about them use being used in conjuncture with each other. It's possible. I don't I'm really remember sure that. I'm pretty sure for the record I had that take. Yeah, but I think for the most part we were discussing like if playing double controller with Harbor, you would be playing it in conjunction with a dome smoker. That was our conclusion a while ago. If at some yeah, point then you said, ago. oh, maybe both are together, may- maybe. But now we're seeing evidence that the pros are doing this, yeah. which is new. Uh, and I have the, the comps. So on Pearl, NRG, uh, well, first, both teams ran Harbor, Viper, Killjoy, Sky. And then NRG ran Raze, whereas Loud ran Jet. Okay. So it was a mirror comp aside from the Duelist. Mm-hmm. So it just it took the fade pick out. Yeah, Fade used to be much more on Pearl, yeah. Yeah, I mean Fade Fade was like meta on Pearl, right? That was that was it. Yeah. Like you played Fade. I don't remember to be honest. I feel like you need, you had an info initiator for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Fade. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting just no info initiator on Pearl. Yeah. But also now that I look at it, it seems like Split they're going no info initiator. Wait, didn't one in... of the teams play Sky? Wait, you holy heck! Both played Sky. Yeah, holy heck! That's this an info is this initiator? is ish, ish. sort of. I I consider Fade and um Soba to be the info initiator. Sure, but I feel I, like I don't I don't that, think that KO and Sky both can get info from the knife and the flash. But I, I don't consider them to be info. I initiator. I, I think Sky because you don't pick them primarily for the info. You pick them primarily from what else they bring. To yeah, they're yeah, flashing I, initiators I, over info yeah. initiators. Yes, I agree. But I think Sky sits somewhere in the middle of the Venn diagram. I don't think well, I don't sure. think it makes so sense to say that's. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think no, that Sky, Sky is any Sky more of an info abilities. initiator than Ko. She has her yeah. drone, or her dog, and she has. Oh, uh, yeah. And she her flashes tell you whether someone's there or not. Yeah, I kind of forgot about. Like, that. I, I think Sky point. sits somewhere in the middle. What What I was gonna say is one thing that really stood out to me looking at these these picks for Energy versus Loud. These are two teams that seem to be some of the top tier of at least the top half of the tournament, and. Um, Across Split, Pearl, and Fracture, neither Fade nor Sova was picked for any of those three maps, which is insane to me, given, you know, how both of them were very meta, just going back, like, a couple months. So, wow. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think Fade's still solid on Fracture, I think. But I think the issue with Fracture is just initiators lose... Or, sorry, like... Um, like the the pure info initiators lose some value, just due to the fact that like you're probably going to get split on in some way. Like it's going to be a split push most likely. Um, and so I feel like the info initiators lose value. Often you see a cipher being played, which on defense can kind of make up for your lack of that with his camera and his trips. Um. And so I think it's just like, if you look at like a Sova who's going to, or a Fade who's going to throw their their E into an area, presumably off barrier drop, you've got a one in three chance of hitting somebody. And if you don't hit anybody, that's also valuable intel. Because you've got mid, you've got, you know, A or B. Right, presumably you're getting some kind of info off that um, on the defensive side. It's just less likely on fracture. Like they're they're just like four different avenues that people could be pushing you at. 
and oftentimes teams will like aggressively push one and slow push another. It, I I just feel like the the info initiators just lose some value on on fracture just due well, to it. Sova was side. never meta specifically. Like Sova was always known to be kind of shit on yeah. fracture and split. So, hey, has a little bit of a rhyme there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I it, like it. I, I think Sky got heavily carried on Fracture by her Prowlers. Fade. Sorry, Fade. Um, Sky also kind of sort of has Prowlers, but yes, you're right. I was talking about Fade. Uh, her ult. <laughs> yeah, the uh, being able to being able to whatever out the door, like Squeaky, fucking massive. Like yeah, I, like I, I, nice. I think that's huge. Um, her alt is obviously very good for sight takes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what her C's did for you. Unless you're using it with Raze. I don't know what her C's does for you in general. Well, but you are using it with Raze because it's fractured. Yeah, but you're also presumably playing Breach. And so it's like, yeah. do you give up the Breach to play the Fade? Probably not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, so you're you... talking about like the fade pick rate going going down. It seems like um, that's just kind of happening yeah, in I, general right now with the current meta. I like maybe, but I think like like I I really do think the Sova alt to counter Killjoy alt is really taking fade out of the meta. I, um, I think you're overstating this so much, and we discussed I this agree. on the last podcast yeah. significantly, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to rehash it that, that much, but nobody is picking Sova just because of the ability to take down a Killjoy ult. Oh, hey, Trace, your girlfriend's sliding into my DMs right now. What a comeback. <laughs> wow. You know you're beat wow. when you have to resort to low blows <laughs> like that. <laughs> fucking wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's just like that meme where someone's like, your 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 point is uh is good and all, but have you considered? Let me just say your IP address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that before. Yeah. It's actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that cast literally having no comeback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, to be perfectly honest, I was reading the message, kind of doing that. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. <clears throat> But yeah, Hunter, you got any other um any other points of contention here? Yeah, this one is even more minor. Um one thing that I think we're all happy to see is that in Lock-in, there has been a return, not on every map, but in a healthy niche of games. Niche is not even the right word. A, he- a healthy minority of games. There's been a return to double duelist comps, baby. Which there is has, uh, really I, fun I'm to very see. very happy to see that. Yes. Yes. I was fortunate enough uh, this last week. I, I say fortunate, but it's only because I was deathly ill this this week <laughs> that I was able to watch like a lot of the games because I was confined yeah. to my bedroom. But um, it, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, so I got to, I got to watch a lot of the games, and I was very happy to see a lot of double duos comps or some double duos comps at least. Um, oh. It's just more exciting to watch. It's so much more yeah. exciting to watch. Yeah, and in general, that's been made possible by the shift away from the double uh, initiator meta. 
Because in addition to that, like we just talked about, you know, running double controller on uh, Pearl. Now that initiators aren't as dominant, it opens up these other options, which are fantastic, particularly with the duelist, because like we all agree, it's really fun when you got two duelists in play. Yeah, and I, I, I do think that it also ends up reflecting ranked a lot more. True. Not, true. not that that's yeah. necessarily like a good thing inherently that it reflects ranked more, but like, like I just think it's more exciting. And one of the things that I, I really want to see some more of now is I want to see Yoru as that hybrid. I yeah. want to see Yoru as a secondary duelist who works in conjunction with whatever the primary duelist is to help them entry. Because I, I think that Yoru is super underrated in that regard. He is very easy to use and well understandable where the flash is going to wind up for his well, flashes. I guess I already said flash, but like... Um, that is a weird take coming from you who seems to jump into my flash whenever I throw no, it. No, 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 specifically ask Hunter, hey, I'm going here. Do not flash me. I, I, yes, what? even when I say what, 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 what? I am flashing this area, you still get flashed Look, by in, in the As last, happened earlier today. In the last game that we played, <laughs> Hunter called his flash while his flash was midair, and I'm staring at an angle with an op, and the flash is popping above my scope. What else am but I going to do? I told do? you where it is. You could have unscoped and turned away. The flash doesn't pop immediately. I didn't say it as it was hitting the wall. I, I said it before sig- it hit. You had plenty of time to dodge that <laughs> I one. I have significantly lowered scoped utility or scoped uh, sensitivity. I no, you unscoped first, yes. and then you flick using your normal sensitivity. There was, there was not enough time to process the information that was being delivered to me via not <laughs> visuals, but auditory yeah. information. There may or may not have been some lag over Discord between when you said that and when I heard that, and then all I know is I'm blind as fuck. (laughs) Well, to be fair, in that case as well, um, Cass was holding an angle where the person was not, and we knew they were not, and I was flashing for where they actually were. (laughs) (laughs) So it didn't matter at all that Cass got... Because they were on site, and Cass was holding off site with the ops, so it it worked out. (laughs) No one told me that they were on site. Well, Hunter, yeah, that's what that's what people were saying. In no chat. one, you were no one to. calmed the information to me. Otherwise, I would not have been holding a main. I heard Bade is on site, and so I was like, "Oh, let me flash main." So if she's looking that way, she gets flashed. Gas is up in heaven, getting flashed while I'm killing Fade <laughs> on site as planned. So I'm, I'm a little confused how you missed so much here, Cass. You were you're really zoned into that scope. Oh yeah, dude. Well, okay, dude. The number of like. I, it happened twice that game. I got, like, caught mini-map peeking or, like, mentally thinking about something else. And, like, I'm holding an angle. Nobody swung the angle for, like, five or six seconds. I've got the op on it. And then, like, a sofa dart goes out somewhere. And I'm peeking the mini-map to see, like, if any pings come up. And then somebody swings the angle I'm holding with the op and I just get domed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it happened yeah. multiple times. So I think I was just in the mindset of, like, I'm going to single-track thought process. Like we're 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 dealing with what's in my scope. Yeah, well, I wanted to call back to something Cass said a, a few seconds ago, um, which was about it reflecting ranked more. Um, and he's like, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. 
here's why I think that that's a great thing. Um, seeing like double duelist comps in the pro meta, um, not only because it's exciting, but because if it reflects ranked more, it is a lot more useful for me to take the strats that I see in these games and try to apply them very poorly into my games. Yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of useless to look at at a bunch of strats and be like, wow, that was super cool. There is no way I'm ever going to be able to pull that off because we are never in this team comp. We never have the coordination of this utility. But if there's yeah. like a somewhat aggressive double duelist play that's happening and someone like their brim does something cool to set that up, I can take that information a lot more readily and use that in my own games, which will more likely reflect the same kind of team comp. Yeah. Also, Chase and I brought the flash and or the flash and or I guess stun and dash back on um on split. Oh, Spin it works eyes. every time, dude! I got so yeah. many freak like I whipped so many fucking bullets, and still walked away with the two K. Because you're yeah. standing on fucking ramp on a split, you are fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't know that, that's the uh, the breach stun. You stand in sewers on attack side, and you stun all of a heaven off the rip and jet dashes up ramps past that initial angle and just gets the kills on the people that were holding ramps. So it's so free, especially if someone's holding that with an op. Like if they have a rifle, like there's a chance that they have a chance to dome you. Yeah. Yeah. But like with an op, you've got to no scope me. Like if you hit it, good for you. But like, I got so many free kills off chase stunning heaven with like, my aim being mediocre at best with a rifle that game. Dude, that reminds me, Chase, if ever it's you and me queuing for a game and Cass isn't there or Cass accidentally locks a different agent than Jet, uh, we could probably do that same uh, <laughs> you could probably do that same play. You mean on purpose, next act, but also you won't be able to do what you're about to say anyway. So. <laughs> correct, correct. And neither yes. will I. <laughs> so, yeah. all, so Cass, all out of okay. You accidentally lock Breach. Cass okay. accidentally locks... Actually, no, Cass can correctly lock Cypher. And then I forget about the challenge and lock Yoru. <laughs> and then uh, you can stun Heaven while I TP to Heaven as Yoru. And that would probably have a pretty similar result. It, you just have to delay a little bit more while I wait for my TP orb to get Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, that doesn't work thinking, as yeah. well. Because Just because the TP orb doesn't get there as fast as the jet dash. I was thinking well, more if you were playing yeah. Neon, you could maybe slide across and run up that angle. Yeah, I'm, I'm realizing work. it depends on the team coordination. In a five stack, I could send my orb up there and people could not peek. The problem is if other people are peeking as well, then the heaven person might like fall off by the time right. I actually get up there, which is what we don't want to happen. Also, can't they see your orb as it's coming at them? Yeah, yeah. That's, well, uh... it depends on where I send it, but like if I send it to like the box, which is where I was thinking, then like unless they're pushed really far forward they're going to have very little time to notice exactly where that is. And I'm not going to stun, stun his TP orb. So if, if I release the stun and then he TPs in, hopefully oh, yeah. he doesn't get stunned by my stun. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. obviously there's a <laughs> yeah. bit more timing in effect there, because, like, yeah. I don't think I can get caught by his... Um, by my stun? Uh, what's the ability called? Uh, uh, it's not Aftershock. Stun. It's, um... line. Uh, Fault line. Yeah. I don't think I can get caught by that if I tried as Jet. Yeah, you could. Well, if I tried. Yeah, yeah, if you tried. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you intentionally one one, fuck me over. And, if you intentionally fuck me over and delay it. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> um, 
Okay, but well, I do I do delay it a second when I'm releasing it. It's not off. It's not. I did say off the rip. It is. I do wait one second or so. Okay. Yeah. When will I, Valorant release a one v one mode? Like you can just queue for like a one v one on like a single site. That's going to be epic when they do that. I I would really like. Um, obviously not. Like okay, I I don't know how effectively you could actually make this work, but like I'd really like uh like a three v three like retake mode. And so there's yeah. like as um as the quote unquote attackers, you get like five seconds pre round. You can plant the spike somewhere of your choosing. And then bunker up on site while the three defenders burst their way in. And you have to play post-plant. Yeah, and then... But, like, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, like, it's kind of hard to get, like... Like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, okay, I, in my head I'm imagining Ascent B-Site because it's what the range uses. Yeah. Um... But it'd be kind of hard to have somebody, like, I I guess it just, like, you'd have to give the defenders, like, there'd have to just be an open field that isn't the site behind it, so that you could come from garage, you could come from market, you could come from CT, based on your choosing. Yeah. Like, well, it, you could just have, like, a long corridor. That connects all three of them? That connects all, all of them. Yeah. Or something. Or I guess yeah, you could I, also... I was also say, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, alternatively, you could just choose your spawn. Yeah. True. Um, but, like, I, I think that'd be really cool. Obviously, it's kind of stupid if it's, like, a ranked mode. But then it's also kind of stupid if you've got a huge skill disparity. Yeah. So I don't know how effectively they could implement that, but, like... Assuming even skill level, roughly even skill level, like I, I think that'd be a kind of sick game mode. Well, I think the issue with the game mode, as you stated, is that assuming players are all equal and have the same amount of money to purchase weapons and utility, the defense should win that ninety percent of the time. Well, sorry, that's way that's a huge that's a huge uh, overestimate, and I also said it wrong. I wish I could the edit offense. that out. The, the yeah. team that planted Spike. Yes. should win something like 66% of the time, mm. not 90. But, like, the point is that very heavily favors the team defending the site versus the team retaking. Maybe you um, could give the retakers an extra attacker? Yeah, that's that's what... I think if it was a 2v3, two defenders, three retakers, I think that would definitely be more fair. Okay, but, but. here's here's the other thing that's in play. Um, in a standard game, the the retakers most likely do not have full util because a whole the first half of the no round one has played out. Yeah. Presumably no one has full util, right? Well, I would say actually in a ranked game, the, the people retaking have a much higher chance of having full util for the reason that what you see a lot in ranked games are death balls where you have five people of the attackers barrel onto site. The two people who are in that area you know, use their utility and die. So then you have the three other people who weren't there coming over to retake who then haven't used much utility at that point. Right. But I guess, like, also, if I'm retaking, I'm not fucking picking Cypher. Yeah, I mean, unless you wanted to... Unless you're, like, a Cypher main and you're like, well, I want to see 
you know, maybe I can throw Cages, a trip as bait yeah, here or there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you could still try it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, something really funny that somebody brought up on the, the, the Reddit for Valorant is, um, does anybody else practice their flicks while pissing? What? <laughs> what? I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. It's like, well, I'm taking a piss. I'll pretend that I saw an enemy at a spot on the other side of the toilet bowl and flick my stream over it as if I'm playing Valorant. Well, you better oh. be playing on really high DPI. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I thought you were saying you're like literally pissing while you're playing Valorant no, no, in no. like the range. <laughs> And like somehow that's helping your flicks. I'm yeah, like, wait, uh, you don't have your monitor set up on the back of your toilet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I got for that one. You know, that's actually really funny that you that you bring that up because I don't really want to go into too much details about this. Other than to say that, where is yesterday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yesterday was the first time uh, ever that I actually did piss into a cup while playing Valorant. Uh, I, was, I was playing with Chase, actually, uh, not Cass. Yeah, so like, it's really funny that you choose to bring this up now, Cass. Just get up and go to the bathroom. It's right what over there. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to save time. Anyway. I, I mean, I'm speechless. Yeah, I did not well, know that this happened during. I was the not game. planning on bringing this up, but since Cast <laughs> launched into that topic, like you know, he was literally. I didn't announce it while like... it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. On to a much more benign topic. Yeah. Um, this is something that I forget why it came up. Oh yeah, it came up from a Thinking Man's Valorant video. I don't remember if he made this point specifically, but essentially. Um, Yoru is still not in a very healthy spot in the meta. Um, still a very occasional pick um, on the very fringes. And one small change that might have a bit of an impact, I doubt it would make all the difference in the world, but that makes more people probably in favor of it, is that um, the the defensive capability of Yoru to reposition, particularly with an op, is severely hampered by the fact that his orbs expire fairly quickly and start uh, the timer to use an orb starts pre-round as well. So, like, if you want to send a TP orb to the other site and plan on basically opping both sites as Yoru, then you have to be... Like, if you send that orb out before the round, now that's counting down the timer before the round even starts. And then if you don't get a clear idea of which side the team is pushing immediately it's going to be like not much time at all before your orb is expired and is useless. So there are two buff ideas, uh, part one and a part two. Part one is just make the orb not start the timer on it before the round. So you can get your orb wherever you want in the time allowed pre-round. And part two, which honestly, I don't think this would be a big deal, is just make the orb not expire. Because before the buff with your where you have two TP orbs, it wasn't relevant at all because at that point, well, sorry, before you had two TP orbs and could fake one or fake however however many you want, like it wasn't relevant because like, you know, you only had the one orb, you either had it or you didn't until you got uh, two kills. But like now that you can fake the orb, like, you know, just have two. The vast majority of the time, if you place an orb and haven't used it for 30 seconds, unless you're doing that one thing of rotating on defense, 
the orb is useless. You're going to fake it just to get rid of it and place another one. So I really, I really think that they should go all the way with it and just make it not expire. You currently have two orbs. Yeah, you get two. Well, okay. you get one by default. You have to buy the second, I believe. Okay. Yes, like brim smokes, but two instead of three total. Yeah, mm, let's go. I've never played. Uh, take that back. I played Yorid once, pre any Yorid changes. But like, don't yeah. play Yorid. I still knew that. Let's go. Um, nice. Good job, Cass. But yeah, no, I Hunter, I fully agree. Like, they should just not expire. Like, you should just be able to throw it out. Like, leave it, forget it. Like, if you want to use it, go for it. Now that you can fake it, if you want to throw out a second orb, just fucking fake the first one. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I think I might agree with the not start. I definitely agree with the don't start before the round timer. Mm-hmm. Um, because because then you can like you know place it down and then run to the other site before the round starts and then be playing the other site and then TP back to your team or you know however a lot easier. Um, and with a little bit more like leeway. Not expire. Seems like a lot. I don't like increasing the ra- the ex- the expiration. I don't know because I don't play Yoru. I don't know like yeah. how fast it really is, and like how yeah, much let me look you it have. up as you're talking. Yeah, but I feel like maybe an increase to the time to expire would make more sense than never expiring. Okay, but there's a certain threshold that if you increased it to a certain value, it wouldn't matter, and you might as well just make it never expire. Right? Yes, now, so I don't think it should reach that either. Right. Now, so what you're saying is it should be lower than whatever that numerical value is. Yes. Um, but I don't feel like Yoru gets a competitive edge because... Like, I don't think he would gain a competitive edge because it never expires. I just think it, it, it enables him to, to let an orb go to somewhere that he intends on, or potentially intends on going, and not be as time-pressed, which is, sure... The rotate potential at any point in any round... Is huge, yeah. But it, but so long as we only allow him to send out one orb, like now, if Yori could send out two TP orbs, and then elect which one to teleport to, then I think oh that would be so cool. Then I think it would be too strong, would be way yeah. too strong, because yeah. you could you could use one that you intend on using more aggressively, and then one that you intend on just rotating to their site to help your team. Uh, and then elect which one to go to, and if they had infinite timers, I think that would be too strong. But if we're just talking about you have one orb active, you can go there if you want to. He has such a delay on his his initial cast and his exit that I don't think that that's too powerful. In, in the current state of his TP. Just like I, I just think it's a nice quality of life change for Yoru players, and I don't think when you're playing on the other team, you're ever going to notice the fact that, oh, but he sent this orb out 40 seconds ago, and the orb's supposed to only last 35. Like, I don't think you're ever going to fucking end up noticing that. Yeah, so as of now, I did look it up. 30 seconds is the total time of one orb being active. 
Which includes thirty seconds is a long time already, yeah. Well, it is in the case of offense, where an offense I very rarely wish it would last longer. Um, on in the case of defense, it's a pretty short time because if I wanted to go any significant difference, like any significant distance, especially for playing for you know rotating fast, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of have to set that up pre-round or early on in the round. At which point. I have to wait for it to arrive or burn time in location. It's very hard to get that exactly right. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Castle in this one to say that, you know, if you're going to teleport to somewhere very far away, which is what increasing the time or making it infinite allows you to do, um, given that Yoru has no innate info abilities whatsoever, you are you know putting yourself at significant risk of being killed by someone who is flanked or pushed up. And can then hear you loudly teleport to that location and then swing on you while you have no idea that they are there. So you're already depending on either taking a significant chance or having a teammate who is giving you good info as to what is going on <laughs> at the location of your TP orb. And for that reason, I think this is much more of a buff to Yoru at the pro level than the ranked level. And I think that's a good thing because Yoru has a healthier pick rate at rank than pro. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, Yoru being in a location where you've trapped him. And, yes, he can always, like, set a T- TP and then, like, go out. But if he's if you've, like, trapped him there for a minute. A minute? Well, a, a minute was not, like, the literal minute. But, like, you know, a okay. bit of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definition of a minute. Um and he's able to teleport somewhere where he set his, like, teleport up pre-round. He could be fucking anywhere. That might as well be an omen, like, ult. But I okay. guess in okay. specific no, no, scenarios. No, 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 in no, no, very, no. very specific okay. scenarios. Sure. But omen ult is, is reactive. Your UTP is proactive. No, but you have two of them, so you can use one to proactively set yourself up for a reactive position. Okay. Well, but the but the issue is that but since you, you have two of them, the second one isn't really affected by the change at all. Because yeah. if I'm holding yeah, a site, exactly. that's if I'm holding a site, and then you know someone is uh you know and then with an op, and then I hear oh they're over at B. And if my teleport that I'd set up doesn't already go to B. At that point, it's useless for me to send a teleport to B because it's faster for me to just walk there. So that so that's the that's where the proactive part comes in. That like I have one chance to get my TP to a good spot because if not, the, the gate crash doesn't travel substantially faster than just running. So it really doesn't help me to set it up later. Unlike Omen, where I could just be like, oh, well, let me teleport to a spot that's safe nearby to be able to help out with my well, I'm saying you, if it's infinite, you can always use one of those to put on, like, a safe spot or, like, uh, the other side that you're not going to be rushing, you know, or not going to be planting on on attack. Um, and then if you want to use your gate crash at some point while you're on attack, like, while you're attacking that site, you fake, and then you can use your second one. But... You all, then always have that backup one in case you need you're, it set up you're already. Right, you're right for attack. Yeah. This is well, attack. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. Like, yeah. Like the thing is, if I'm setting one over towards the other site on attack, then that's also depending on me having a teammate lurking there to know that my orb is in a safe location. No, 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 no. 
It, what, what he's saying is, like, you're on okay, attack. Okay, I might be confused. Okay, you're yeah. on attack. You're rushing B. Or maybe you're not rushing B, but your team's split pushing B. Right? Yeah. You just elect to send one of your TPs over to A site pre round. Assuming there's there's a line. When you say A site, do you mean like the actual site? Yes, so like literally yes. A site. I'm, I'm on offense. Yeah. Yes, based yeah. off where wherever like I don't know if that's possible in every map. Maybe you have to go to A main instead, just based on the geometry and your your or there are definitely maps things. where you could get it to site. Oh yeah, for sure. Um and then from there, right, if your your team's pushing if if your team's pushing B and you get stalled out at B and it's been a while, and, like, maybe it's now a 3v3, and presumably everybody's rotated over. If you could just TP to A and plant for free, well, that's pretty fucking good. That's probably too good. Which you could do if the orb is infinite. And you always, ha- you always have the option to set that And you always have way. the fallback. And so if, I mean, you're playing, if you're playing defense against a team that has a Yoru and is doing that, you're required to leave somebody on the other site basically until that Yoru chooses to fake that TP or TP's over there. I think you're overstating this drastically for this reason. Uh, If it's full buy versus full buy, and let's let's say just what's coming to mind because we talked about it earlier is a 3v3 scenario. If I, as Yoru... uh, have spike on offense and teleport to the other site, then I'm banking on two things. One, an enemy not anchoring that site who will then just kill me as I, as I TP in. But two, and the more common one is I'm also banking on my team to be able to get to that site before the enemies, which it's very tough to guarantee that you're already and banking on that because you're, you're rotating site because anyway. you're rotating sites. But also but, but the, the, the point is since plan. it's, the thing is, if, if we're rotating sites, if there are one or two people in between, um, you know, my team and the site we want to get to, if we're rotating sites, that's okay because all three of us are rotating together and we have at least a man advantage there. But if I teleport to the other site and plant and lose a 1v1 because someone gets there before my team, now that person has a free defuse. Or or in the even or if it's a two v one, same thing. They're like, get the heck over here. This is a one v one. I have that happen often when Omen ults. It's like sometimes in our ranked games because people are dumb. You know, the Omen ults over, and that exact thing happens. The rest of the offense team is kind of far away, so we say overwhelm the Omen free defuse. Like that happens a decent amount of the time. Sure, and then, but- and then the. the Real scenario where I think it's it's pretty strong is, you know, if you're on an eco where you really want to get the plant down for money, and then at that point, you don't really care if they defuse it. And in that case, what I would say is, once it happens once, whether in, in a particular game, you should just know that you can wait, hear the orb, and either destroy it or camp the orb. You can destroy the orb. It's destructible. You can shoot also, that yeah, thing. Like, that, and that's, like no, no one gives a shit about the econ plant. Like you were, you're winning the round, and so who's the real victor here? Um, yeah, well, I was, I was saying if you're on a heavy save, but yeah, yeah, like obviously, that like I think it's fine if you allow that situation to happen. What I'm saying is like having the always having that fallback potential, and yes, you are, you are right that they are destructible. Um, yeah, and so somebody could destroy that uh, earlier in the round, 
but I don't know. Having it infinite and being able to always have a fallback to the other site is just really strong. Well, I mean, part of it, part of it as well is that because the Yoru orb travels in a straight line, there are only so many ways that you can get your orb from a relatively safe position to the other site on attack. So if you happen to spot it one round, then yeah, you can, you can destroy it, but then the Yoru has to then adjust. That's just how it is. Well, yeah, but my point is that that adjusting is a lot easier said than done. Because, like, on Ascent, there is no lineup at all to get from, like, attacker side to B site with your Yoru Orb. No. Because, just because it goes in a straight line. Like, you can you send it to, out of Garage, but then it doesn't logs. go to site. You can go Logs. You can go Logs. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, hold you can on. Go no, logs. No, I think you can also go Market Stairs. I know that the angle that you set the Yoru Orb in... Like it, it like oh so if you peak top mid that you could then send it. Well, down. no, no, I'm saying like it has more of a um. As it as it, it goes along the surface, it spins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has like a you know like a tennis ball spin effect. All right. Yeah, yeah. As like I'm it, aware. it hits the surface. So like, if I send it at an angle into a wall and it goes around that wall, the angle that I send it into the wall is going to affect the angle that it goes out of that corner at. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Basically, yeah, like the that, longer... I understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you might have a couple of options, but even then, just like I, I agree with Chase. Like on attack, infinite Yoru orb too strong. On defense, I think it's fine. Yeah. See, this is where I really disagree because at most you get one round out of it before people are like. Oh, wait a minute. I saw that Yoru orb go past me in this specific location. And that's likely one of one or a couple locations where Yoru can actually send out his orb to like I get to the right I location. I don't think you're realizing how if often you... you're in these scenarios where an immediate rotate to free plant will be incredibly useful. Yeah, on number attack. one, probably minimum 10 seconds are off the spike timer by the time anybody gets there to deal with that. Number two, if someone has to stay at the other fucking site just in case you TP over to it, that's fucking massive. You're in a 4v4. Well, they can destroy the orb. They don't have to stay. And they can destroy the orb before it's in position. When it goes past them to get to position. That's the key thing yes. here. But if someone needs to be there to do that... Well, my, so my he's saying is, that someone's there pre-round anyway, like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying take I'm a situation saying, maybe you don't know extent. exactly where it is every round, right? You don't know if they teleported over for the pre-plant to main or to tree or to to on-site or to back-site. Yeah. Like, it, it could be in different locations. And you don't necessarily know where exactly that was. Yeah, well, you know, well, sort of like a raise nade lineup like we were talking about earlier, there are only so many places the orb can go and be useful. Especially okay, given but, positions okay, that the Yoru is in. It's not of, infinite. Okay, but for the sake of rotating, it's significantly yeah. less significant than, like, I need to literally be on site. Well, Let's think about it this way. Here, here's the thing, right? Let's take Yoru out of the picture for a minute. Say you're on attack, um, and you have... Uh, you're, you're, you're three people on attack, and there are three defenders... If you have good info from an info initiator or whatever, 
but there are three defenders who are the three defenders are all like on the other site proper. You're more towards mid than they are. Then that's an easy call for you all three to rotate. And unless the other and unless the defenders have some sort of movement or teleport ability, then you get to that other site and you get the free plant, regardless of Yoru being in the picture. And if you don't know where even one of the defenders are, then sending a person with the spike by themselves to go back or Yoru teleporting back is a pretty big risk because there's a decent chance someone is closer to that site than the other two members of your team are leaving your Yoru with a 1vx, which decides the round. Is that more of a risk than you just pushing into a site where the other team is stacked up on and, like, well-reinforced? You take that That's not the option. That's not the option. This is the scenario where you're stalled out and trying to get onto site. You don't have the option of getting on because you've gotten a couple kills, they've gotten a couple kills, but their utility is now holding you back. The rotates have probably come through. This is like, and now it's like, okay, well, we need to get out, but we're kind of trapped in a small area here. Let's well, yeah, but get my, out of here. Yeah, but my whole point is that I don't think that Yoru teleporting to the other site okay. is a better option than regrouping, uh, waiting to see if you can get a pick, re-hitting or re-exploring okay. the map. Especially uh-huh. I, soon I, I, Okay, yeah. I, I think you're, you're harping on too much this idea of Yoru going to the other site and planting immediately. Well, that's exactly what we've been talking about, so I don't know that why you're saying that. We're talking about the ability to do that. Right? Okay, okay. If I, I fail to see the difference whatsoever, but go on. I'm saying it's a choice. If I, if I as the Yoru, right, I'm yeah. going to stick with the scent here because we've been using the scent. Right. We're aiming. We're stalled out. There's a Brim Smoke and a Brim Molly and maybe a fucking Sage Wall there too, Right. We have no chance of effectively bursting onto site here. Three of us aim in. Let me TP over to Ticket Booth. Right? Now, is there a certain percentage chance that somebody is sitting there and is aware that my TP is there or is just anchoring B? Yes. Unless we've identified that literally every single person alive is on A site. Right? But if I get over there, I don't even need Spike. Right? And what, but let's say I do have Spike. I don't need to run onto site and just immediately plant and hope that my team beats the enemy team there. I can take space, right? I can clear B, my team can rotate over, and I'm on B site as if I had been working there the entire round. I don't need Spike, right? You can give Spike to somebody else. You are aware that when you Yoru TP... You make a lot of noise at the TP location, and you get no information on what enemies are in the earshot of that noise. So it, yes. it's very different than lurking the other site the whole time, because if you're lurking the other site, you know if you've been spotted or not, unless someone, like, you know, gets a cheeky peek on you when you're not looking. Okay. But assuming well, you're looking it. in the right, right position, in this case, you might be revealing yourself with Spike. Well, they don't know you have Spike, but, like, you, you, you're carrying Spike... And saying, here I am, come kill no, me. I'm but also, you don't know where the people are. I also just said, I don't need Spike to do this. If the TP is infinite, I can just go over there without Spike. My team can Then it's a much worse later. lurk. If you don't have Spike, no, it's no, no, a no. vastly okay, worse lurk for the reason yeah, that you, were able you don't to know get who's hurt your team. Okay, here, Maybe here you is... got a couple kills on the entry, and you're the only fragger on your team. And so you're the only... You got the two kills, and now it's a 3v3. Well, okay. no, you would, he... If you were lurking, you wouldn't have been able to get those two kills. And help yes, and, but, and take that space on A site. 
Not that yeah, you but the whole point is to start with, but well, you, well, yeah. So you, let's go back to the scenario, right? Three v three, which I think is fair because it's a mid round scenario. So, like Jay said, I get those two kills and I'm helping my team push, but all of a sudden the push stalls out, and you know I'm I'm the one who's fragging. I'm getting kills. So now I just take myself out of the equation to lurk while putting myself in extreme risk of being heard. Or if no one's there, now I'm on the other site while my team is in a 2v3. Your team, yeah, wow, that's a fantastic no, ability. No, no, no. Your, your I would definitely do that all the time. Okay, there are two things you're not considering. First of all, your team will be rotating over to you, presumably with Spike, assuming you don't have it in the first place. And second, yeah. if you could do that reliably as Zuru, the amount of times that I push out of B, I clear tiles, I clear B link, I'm pushing into mid... I'm going to tree, right, to help my team. If you were lurking over there, I would have encountered you in the first place. Would I have won that fight? Maybe, sure. maybe not. Let's just say for the sake of if argument. I, if I lurked up I mid and you didn't have someone in mid. But no, 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 I'm saying you're, you're working over B site. Let's just say okay, for yeah. sake of argument that I win that gunfight, right? B is yeah. clear. I'm coming to my team. Hey, there's no one B. I'm going to work my way into mid, come over, join you guys tree. Like, when they push A, we're going to have man advantage. Or we're going to be even on numbers. And then the Yorick can just TP over to fucking Garage? Yeah, but if, 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 Cass, I feel like that example is really weird because you're, you're, giving, you're giving an example where now your entire defensive team has rotated to A site and you therefore leave the rotate wide open anyway regardless if there's a Yoru, like if Yoru can TP over, like in most cases, unless someone decides to just book it back to B for some reason, you're leaving yourself incredibly vulnerable for all three attackers to just go through mid or their spawn, but mid is probably better and beat you to B anyway. And then you have the whole team on B planting instead of Yoru just sending it over there. Because like you go to tree, so someone peeks top mid, there's no one there. They smoke tree, well, I don't know why Broad Stim Beacon did do it. I guess I just like it so much. But anyway, Stim Beacon down, booking through mid, through market. You beat the defense there anyway. No Yoru required. You're setting up but a scenario where the Yoru mid. doesn't matter. Someone could be holding mid. If I'm holding mid and you TP over to garage, I can't hear You're that. not holding mid. You're in tree. That's what you said. Okay, so like maybe I pushed <laughs> up too far in this example. But let's just say like I'm, I'm holding mid. Yeah. I'm holding for the rotate through mid, right? If you TP to garage and I'm sitting catwalk holding mid, I can't hear that. Yeah, well, one of two scenarios happened, Cass. Either I, as Yoru, with my infinite TP orb, I sent it past you as you were pushing out of garage. No, no, no. So whoa, you had the chance whoa, to break whoa, it. Whoa, or whoa, 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 whoa. your player in mid had a chance to break it as it came through mid. And so one of you two didn't hold for long enough to stop a normal lurk if you didn't hold for long enough to all, stop my orb. All, all you need to do is place it pre-round behind Ticket Booth. When I'm clearing Ticket Booth, pushing out past that angle, there's no way I'm walking close enough for that Yoru Orb to be visible. Oh, behind Ticket Booth, sure. Yeah, yeah that's, there's that's a 0% the okay. fucking chance that I'm walking close enough behind Ticket Booth to clear that Yoru Orb. And sure, second, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, when Omen has alt on the enemy team, will often think about that and be like, hey, I should anchor this other site if we have a numbers advantage, right? Because Omen has alt, we've stalled them out, he could TP over here. I should stay here and anchor this site. If you had to do that every fucking round, just because there was a Yoron attack, like, like, I'm so heavily with Chase on this, 
And I'm you wouldn't so have to with you if on you're defense. on site. If you're on site and you're just like, oh, do I need to rotate or not? Well, they don't have an Omen alt. Oh, they have a Yoru though. You can spend even if you have no idea where the Yoru orb is could be coming from because you hadn't considered it. You can run around site once in five seconds and figure out if there's a Yoru orb on site or not, and then leave. Like, it's not like you have to wait there the whole time, like, waiting for the Yoru orb to show up, because it takes so much time. Okay, that, like... this is getting ridiculous. I do have one more one more thing, though, to, to okay, add to okay. it. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Where, imagine the same scenario we've been talking about this whole time on Ascent, and we yeah. pushed A, and the three people left alive on our team are a Yoru, a Sova, and a Brimstone. Okay. Okay, Very. It, this is a very realistic situation. It is, it is, yeah. Um... Yoru teleports over with Spike to, to B-Site and gets planted down, right, immediately. Yeah. Um, yes, maybe the, uh, the defenders get over there early, um, earlier than, than the attackers or, like, your remaining two people. You know, Yoru can hopefully hold off one, one of them. But now, Sova and Brimstone only have to play post-plant. Sure. And Assuming that sets you up into a... I mean, or shock darts, or a molly. I suppose, right? There is, what... It puts you in a significantly better situation than being stalled out on one site and not having any space. Well, like, hey, ascent is a weird one to think of because there are not a lot of brim sova lineups uh, on that site, as far as I'm There's aware. What? There is a million. There's a bajillion, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I was, I'm just thinking like Haven is a site where there, you know, I can think of a lot. Haven is a map where I can think of a lot more lineups. And like, if you as attackers are all three at C lobby or C long, not I guess not lobby C long, you're all three there, and the defenders are in unknown positions, and your Yoru teleports uh, to a site. How sure are you that you can get to position in a lobby to do post-plant stuff before your Yoru dies and the spike is defused? Oh, 100%. I feel like that's not a very no, sure no, bet no, no, at no. all. No, no, 100%. You beat the defenders on the rotate to A lobby. Like, I from, guess... <laughs> to get from C site to CTA, the defenders can get from C long to A lobby way sooner. I know multiple Brimstone, or I know of several Brimstone lineups from spawn... I know of a Sova, Sova double shock dart lineup from Spawn. But also all those things take time to, to uh, shoot and to arrive as well. Like, yeah, I, like I'd be curious okay, to, like, but like do, do some but, timings but on this. Fucking, but you're, the but fucking you're attacker, hold, like, the, the defenders you're, you're are holding You're putting yourself C. in a situation where you have more, like, you have better odds. Like, you just have, you have something to, to go for at this point. Whereas before, you had nothing. I, so, here, well, I, I don't agree that stalling out on a site a hit is means you have nothing. It is a poll. It is a poll. Yeah. Here's, here's, I'll just I'll just end with this, which is that I feel like you guys are thinking like me when I started Valorant, where when I first unlocked Omen, I was like, holy shit, his ult is so strong. I can teleport to their spawn, and if people aren't close to that, which often they're not, they're not going to hear, and I can shoot them all in the back of the head. And like that was very strong for like a month and a half, and then people figured out. Check spawn if, if the enemy omen is alting and you don't know where he is. And it's now not very strong at all. I feel like the exact same scenario applies here. It whoa, would be whoa, whoa. strong until people figured out okay, the very easy way to counter it. There, there are two different scenarios regarding omen alt. Number one, 
Literally yeah. everybody in the fucking lobby gets an audio cue when Omen ults. Sure. Regardless of where you are, you get an audio cue when he ults. Number two. Does Omen have to place an orb to teleport to that indicates where his ult is going to go infinitely long beforehand? Number, I don't think two, so. Omen get his, gets his ult every fucking once in a while. Two to three times a half. It's not something you need to consider every fucking round. If Omen's C ability was a teleport fucking anywhere on the goddamn map. (laughs) I agree, that would be too strong. (laughs) Well, wow, we end on a point of great agreement. Yes, C was a teleport anywhere. Uh, That would be too strong. Indeed. Hooray. Okay, well, I did not expect that to be as long, but that will definitely be a poll of, of what you guys think on that topic. Like, Hunter, I agree with you on defense. On defense, it should be That's still going. Dude, <laughs> like, I, I gotta go to the bathroom, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. man. Well, I mean, Chase, you want to go to the bathroom? There's somebody that I in the Discord that, like, oh, mentioned God. something. Oh, no, this is the end. <laughs> uh, save it for next week. We gotta go right. next week. Well, no, I mean, if we get to next week, I'm just gonna respond to them in the Agent Ideas thing. So I guess I'll just do that. Okay. Oh, it is our take. Well... No, well, we need to. We we do need to go through that. There's some cool, uh, cool stuff. So yeah, you mm. can respond to them, but we yeah. can also go through that and your response next week on the podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. they were just talking about like the chamber rework, and I saw that today, and I was just like, oh, like eh, maybe I'll get to that, and then like I was like, oh, I can well, here's right the now, here's the like, teaser. We'll we'll yeah. uh, you can respond to it, but we can also discuss it further with our opinions. Yeah, yeah, later. like I'll I'll we'll we'll get to that next week. I'll put it on the to do list. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we'll drink with you later.